You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? It is your host, Matt Labrie, bringing you episode number six of the Decoding Success Podcast. Today, we have my good friend, Mario Armstrong, joining us. But before we hop into that conversation, I want to say thank you. Thank you for all that continue to support the show. You rate it, you review it, you share it, and you listen to it. All of that good stuff, it means the world to me. I hope you enjoyed your holiday and you are ready to get back to the grind. I know my man Mario is going to have you pumped up to do just that. Now, Mario is an Emmy award-winning TV show host, which you could see on the first ever interactive talk show, The Never Settle Show. It's his startup, pretty much, and he took this in one year and won an Emmy with it. He's appeared on Dr. Oz, The Today Show, Steve Harvey, CNN, and so many more. He's also the host of the newly released top podcast, Wake Up and Level Up. His podcast is something you want to listen to. I have it as a part of my daily routine. I'm so excited Mario is joining us today because he's been a positive influence in my life since day one. I'm super grateful for having him one call away, and I'm glad I get to amplify his message today because he deserves it. And you want to know what? You do too. So let's hop right in. Mario, thank you for being here, brother. Matt, it's a pleasure to be on with you, man. I'm really excited about this moment right now. Man, I'm so excited to have you because from the first day I met you, and I've expressed this to you in the past, since the first day I met you, man, it was always positive vibes. And, you know, you have that energy that radiates off you. And I'm super appreciative of just just knowing you, um, being in your presence, talking with you, gaining insight from you on social media. So again, I'm super grateful that you're here. I want to start this off by kind of to decode that success, right? The whole name of the show and how I do that, how I've been doing it is finding out what success means to you. So I'm going to ask the question, how do you define success? Ooh, that's a great question. And a lot of people answer that question differently. I'll also say say that it's a pleasure to be here first and foremost. and, And I'm grateful for you to be even asking me to be on. You've had some phenomenal guests like Dave Meltzer and so many others that I respect and know. And you've always been pushing and your vision and brand and message is very clear. Um, and you've been doing a lot in terms of your public speaking and really getting out there. So it, it's like minds right now. So I feel like the energy is super, super strong with this one. Um, but to answer that question, so many people have different answers to that. For me, it's harmony. And what that means is, is my life aligned in a way where I'm happy? Am I happy in my relationships with my partner, my spouse, in my case, my wife? Um, are you happy with your relationships with your, your cousins or your, your sons or daughters if you have kids? Are you happy with your career path or your entrepreneurial vision and your dream? Like, Are you in harmony with those things? Because when you get in harmony, to me, success is being in harmony with all those things takes work. But when, they, when they're all on the same page and when it's like that symphony that everyone is hitting their note, but everyone is individually just as important as the collective because the minute one note goes off, the minute my, my wife and I, if our relationship goes off or the minute I'm not doing as good as I could be as a dad or the minute the business is suffering, like I'm out of sync. I'm out of harmony. So to me, success is really viewed by how well am I, am I maintaining my sanity, my um, capability and potential, and how well am I doing that in harmony with the other people and things that are important in my life? That's a, that's a real beautiful way to put 
or to define success, actually. And I, I've personally never looked at it like that. Maybe it's just because I'm not always in harmony and I'm not always aligned. So my next question would be how I mean, do you- we all are. <laughs> so just, just we all, but that's the key. The key is getting the success rate of that as high as possible. My success rate right now is very high with that. Um, but it's taken a lot of time to get there, a lot of honesty to get there, and a lot of putting your own ego and your pride and things of that nature to the side in order to really repeat what's working so that you can be more consistent. Now, I'm sure it takes a lot of self-awareness, but how else do you stay aligned? Like, What, what, are, what contributes to staying aligned? Um, knowing your triggers, absolutely knowing the things that get you into danger. Uh, it's like anybody else that an easy example is for people with say food and they don't want to have sugar, sugary cereals or sugar or uh, bad sodas and things around them. So if it's in the environment, it's just going to make it that much tougher for them to, to fight that urge. So knowing what those triggers are and being honest with those triggers, I have a trigger of it's just because of how I was raised, a trigger of being self-defensive because I was, uh, was constantly critiqued whether it was my family, friends, school kids. And so I started building this shell where I was quick to kind of like snap back. And so that, what that ultimately was doing though was having me avoid the real truth because what I didn't want to do was face maybe what someone was saying because I always took it as a critique as opposed to constructive criticism because it was delivered in a way that seemed harsh, not friendly. And I didn't know how to mitigate the difference then, but now I do. So I've had to kind of make a huge adjustment and every now and then, that little, you know, uh, that little piece of me comes out, and I'm like, oh, I, I just did it. Like, I got to pull back. Or, you know, family members will tell me, ah, you're doing it. You got to pull back. And I'm like, did I really? I didn't realize. So knowing and being honest with the things that you know can make you a better human being is where that really starts. So when you're thrown off that track, right, and, and you start to see that little glimpse of it coming out, how do you find yourself getting back on track? Is it purely discipline and, you know, the, the awareness of oneself or is, is there a little bit more to it? No, there's a lot more to it because it all depends on how strong you are in terms of how you talk to yourself and how you are able to help your mind understand that you can control your mind and that you're controlling these thoughts and this action or you're creating this story or you're creating these outcomes or these assumptions. And so when, when, that, when that bad thing happens and you've recognized it, first, that's the first thing to pat yourself on the back. I recognized it. Okay, now how long am I going to go down this slippery slope? Like I know I need to get off of it, but it's hard. These French fries keep calling me. They keep calling me, <laughs> you know, or, or my ego keeps calling me. I know my business partner is right, but I don't want to let them know that they're right. I got to still fight this thing. And it keeps calling me. So how do you, you start to, number one, uh, apply a three-second rule, try to take a deep breath and just realize, like, I'm fighting this. This is, this is not a good thing that's coming out of me. It's a bad thing that's coming out of me. Number two is I go right into um, I go right into trying to remember times when I've been successful, because a lot of times what happens is when you don't feel strongly about something, or when you know that you're in the wrong about something, you feel like your confidence takes a huge hit. And so what I do is I try to go back to memories. There's two in particular, but uh, two specific memories that I go back to to replay to say, wait, remember when you were really good. And as a good person, and remember when you were really like doing your best you, here's what came out of that. Here's, here's a tangible thing that you can remember 
from going through that. And when I do that, when I actually visualize winning that um, high school recreation basketball game and, and with the buzzer beater shot and everybody in the stands going crazy when I was a kid, all the way over to when we heard our name get announced for the Never Settle show and we won our first Emmy amongst NBCs and ABCs and CBSs. And that was just like, wow, we did that. When those things happen, it does a couple of things. It changes your physiology because number one, it kind of changes your mindset to say, wait, if you go back to the, that moment and you repeat that now, you can fight whatever you're dealing with, whatever demon you're facing. Uh, and, then, and then use that to kind of change how you feel about yourself, which then starts to slow down that, that downward spiral. And this is only coming from somebody that suffers from downward spirals. Like if there's one Achilles heel, it's that downward spiral of, you know, bad self-talk or um, having some self-limiting beliefs from time to time that can turn into like these kind of like, uh-oh, we're about to get into a dark space or a dark moment. Yeah, and that's, that's super valuable info right there. Now, one thing you brought up that I want to talk about is the Never Settle Show, man. You're, you're doing big, big things with that. I know it's the first... Uh, the world's first crowd-produced live stream talk show with participation from the in-studio and online audience, which is something that I love because that makes it super interactive. And, you know, it's kind of like a, a Q&A. When I do a Q&A or a fireside chat, and it, you're just, you could just provide so much value. But what I want to get to is what made you want to never settle? You know, like you were just talking about how you're seeing a lot of success with being aligned and being in harmony, but... In the past, you haven't had that and you've built up to that. Now, you didn't settle for what you had at one point. You kept going. What makes you never settle? Um, perseverance, faith, knowing that you're, you've been granted a gift, knowing that every single last one of us as a human being has a right to expose, develop, and pursue our, our gift and to um, build it refine it, develop it, and push ourselves to our maximum human potential. And I think just knowing that and knowing that no one else has the right to dictate your destiny and understanding that certain people are in your way for you to help you find your better self and your better path is hard to learn while you're going through it. But if anyone could hear what I just said with that, it will make life so much easier dealing with the no's and dealing with the rejection as long as you still have a strong belief factor and as long as everything about you still wildly wants to pursue that person or that dream or that vision or that career that you want to have. And so I just think that the idea of you don't get the right to stop me, I get the right to stop me is number one. Um, number two, there is so much room on the plate. There's like the, the pie is not what you may think it is. And people get so focused on their competition or people that are um, in the same space and they can start to forget how big the world really is and the tools that we have today to make it smaller. Meaning your message could really impact someone in India just as it could across the street. And so when you kind of know that you have these tools and you know that you are given a gift and that everyone has, has something in them that is special and unique, then I feel like perseverance has to kick in. You have to get clear about your vision. You have to get honest about your strengths and your weaknesses. 
You have to surround yourself with great people. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day, if you don't get up from being knocked down, it's going to be hard for your team to constantly get you up because eventually they're going to be like, well, this is the third time we keep telling him to get up and he doesn't want to get up. Maybe we should start giving in. <laughs> and so perseverance, I would say for me, has been the biggest or the most synonymous word with never settle. That's great. And I, I totally agree with everything you're saying. And I feel like there's these strategies for survival that people literally use to stop them from actually settling. You know, they, they actually settle, excuse me, they settle because of these strategies for survival. You know, the whole looking good, um, the being right, the being in control or not being controlled and the avoiding pain. And I feel like when you use those strategies for survival, they put you in a box. And if you want to be extraordinary, if you don't want to settle, that doesn't happen inside of a box. How do you, how would you get out of that box? Yeah, because we're wired to protect ourselves. We're wired to, to, to fight or to flee. And so it just, it's just who we are as in human nature. And a lot of people talk about this. And you start thinking about, okay, cavemen, see a tiger. You see another caveman get eaten. That's a bad thing. I stay away from tiger. Like I'm making it sound <laughs> so dumb and simple because truthfully, this is why it's easier for you to not continue to move forward. This is why it's easier for you to be complacent in your life and say, ah, you know what? I'm kind of good where I am and I'm going to kind of ride this out because the flip side of that says, oh, you have to live on this edge of uncomfortableness. You have to live on this edge of fear, of rejection, of, of being able to not make it, of embarrassment. Oh, you told your friends you're going to go out and do this thing. And now if you don't do this thing, they're, you're going to think that they're going to say you're a loser. Well, you're creating a stories in advance and you can't predict the future. So that's the first thing you're doing wrong. But outside of that, the idea that we as humans are wired to know what we haven't accomplished and what we have to do versus what we have accomplished and what we've done is very real for a lot of people. That's the difference in really people starting to make the switch happen. Understanding that complacency builds regret and that later on in life, you're going to be upset that you didn't make certain decisions that you had the chance to do so because you were free or didn't have any responsibilities or no children or any of those things, uh, whatever they may be. And then even later in life when you had kids, but maybe you had a second shot at something different and you still didn't take that second shot because you were worried about what may be on the other side, you're going to regret not making that decision later in life if that's what you felt you should have done. For and sure. so I really feel that you know, with these portraits of perfection that are being painted daily uh, on the internet, it's making it harder for people to see the real truth, which is why a podcast like yours and the Never Settle Show and our podcast, Wake Up and Level Up, these are things that we are pushing to try to get more truth out there. And by sharing our losses, like, you know, I just was on my podcast on one of the recent ep episodes, literally reading a letter from Verizon saying no to our pitch as a sponsor to the talk show. And that type of transparency is what people need because if you don't hear that, you only get one side fed and people are celebrating the accomplishments and they should be celebrating the process. But nobody knows how to do that because no one's teaching them that. Well, except maybe you and I and a few others that are, that are really you know, trying to do that the best that we can. So I think that's where the big, the big issue really lies in that at the end of the day, 
We are pre-wired. Our neurons, our brain, this is neuroscience at its best, says that we are wired to, to fight or flee. If you can understand that that's your default state and then understand that you can actually have change over your default state by the affirmations, the people you hang out with, the small wins you do on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and you recognize those as wins that build up momentum to give you more resilience so that when you do get knocked down, you can get your ass back up. Like those things, it's important to know what your default is. I'm default by standard to look at my environment and see if there's anything that's going to harm me and I need to protect myself and understand that if you apply that same philosophy to how you live your life, and how you make decisions and how you deal with partnerships and when you decide to do something comfortable or uncomfortable, that's when you be- get the biggest change. And once you do it once, you get hit with that dopamine. And you're like, oh, I'm in a whole new comfort zone now. I did something that I didn't think I could do and I did it. May not have been the best. Who cares? You did what most people don't do. You took the shot. There is no yeah. failure when you take the shot. It's only a failure when you don't shoot. Exactly. Yeah, that's good, man. That whole take the shot, man. And you, you know, you touched on something. I, I literally just put out a video on this the other day. It's like, I feel that we, or maybe not, we, we might not be the best word, but people in general compare themselves to finished products, right? And yeah. you, know, you, you were just mentioning it with what we're, what we're seeing on social media. We're seeing the highlight reels consistently, you know, and you, you mentioned a, a flunder that you had. I literally just had one, um, Apple Podcasts took way too long to get my podcast up on their site. Oh, been there. Yeah. I know exactly what you're feeling and going through. Yeah, man. (laughs) And trust me, I've had a million more, but I feel like what it comes down to is we have a lot of uh, people that say they want things as opposed to people that actually do things. And I think the main word is integrity. You know, like integrity is saying X and doing X because when you do that, when you say X and do X, you start to build. But when you say X and do Y, you know, you're, you're really just someone that's all talk. Like, how do you get out of that all talk phase? And I know you kind of just touched on it, but like, do you have anything yeah. else to add there? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple of things to, 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 to do. I mean, action obviously will always, you know, override your intention. So even if you are a well-intentioned individual, um, action is going to show who you really are. And words are so powerful. You know, I used to have this slide that I would, when I would do presentations to, um, to audiences and I would start at the, at the um, beginning of the word, beginning of the slide would have the word words, watch the words that you say is what I would say. And then I go through this whole thing about watch the words that you say, because they become your thoughts, watch your thoughts because they become your actions, watch your actions because they become your habit, watch your habits because that becomes your destiny. And basically what that really is saying is if you go back to looking at words, words are writing my destiny. Like if I just jump from the beginning of what I said, watch your words. And then I go to the end because that's your destiny. Like, damn. So yeah, I got to respect how I talk to myself. I got to respect how I talk to people. I got to respect. I got to do the golden rule. I got to do unto others how I want done unto me. The word is one of the most powerful. You can either chop somebody up and spit them out, or you can pull them up and raise them to the highest new levels that they've never realized before. All with your word. The forest, the, the, my, one of my favorite books, The Four Assumptions, talks about this. 
I mean, not the four assumptions. The, <laughs> I was saying the four because one of them is actually the assumption. The four agreements. <laughs> the four agreements, right? Yeah. yeah you know, one of them is like one of them is assumptions, but the other one is the first one is be impeccable with your word. Yeah. And there's a reason why that actually matters. So I think that's a biggie. I think another thing, just tactically, not, not necessarily related to word, but related to actions part, because you can have really great intent. You can say the right things, but then maybe you drop the ball or maybe you lack consistency. You can't seem to build up that habit and you know what you should be doing, but it just won't convert for some reason. And so one of the things, and I'm not perfect at this by, by far, um, and I can give you a different strategy about how I don't do New Year resolutions, how I choose words to kind of guide my whole year to help me with those things that I'm really weak in. But for this particular thing, in terms of actions and building habits and talking better and being better, one is to do habit stacking. And I don't know if you've heard of this or, or not, but habit stacking is basically finding a habit that you already do and then stacking a complementary habit or another habit in tandem with it. So for example, if you have coffee every single morning and that's your thing, when you, when you have that first sip, that's when you do 60 seconds or 90. If you can go longer, that's when you do meditation. And you do that. If you go and get that coffee every day, you're just stacking a new habit against an existing one. So you've got to find existing habits that you can list out, list out two or three existing habits you know you do every single day, and then identify what one or two things you want to create new habits, not a whole bunch of them at once, because then you'll, you'll, you won't get it done. But yeah. one or two <laughs> things that you can stick to that um, and then st- and stack them together. That so, right there will help you have better action and better habits. For sure, for sure. Now you brought up meditation and it's, it's funny you bring that up because this morning on your Instagram, I saw on your Instagram story, maybe it was last night, I'm forgetting when it was, but you had such a consistent streak of meditation and you know, just being consistent with something like that could have major impact on success. Now yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you two questions. One, how do you stay consistent with doing something of the sort. Now you kind of just gave the answer with habit stacking. You know, that's great. Um, if there's anything else add to that, that would be awesome. And are there any other habits like meditation, potentially reading or taking a walk or um, priming like Tony Robbins does or anything of the sort that you also incorporate in your day-to-day life? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things that I would say to that. I think number one, you got that one on the habit stacking. I said, I think the next thing would be um, utilizing the Pomodoro technique which is um, a version of time blocking. And that basically says you work on a particular thing, whatever that one thing is, with no distractions. You can't check social, you can't have dings, you can't have things popping up. 25 minutes straight that you work on that. And then you take a five minute break. In that five minute break, you can get up, walk around, send an email, whatever, but it's only five minutes. And you time the five minutes just like you timed the 25 minutes. When that bell goes off, it's back to work for the next 25 minute cycle. You can go back to that same thing you were just working on, or if you finished it, then fine, move on to the next thing. I have found that when I, here's the thing, I don't do that every single day. It's very intense for me and I'm a, I'm a creative. So it, it almost locks me down too much. But when I use it and when I go to it, it's the most effective me when I have to do my thing. So I do it about maybe twice a week if I had to kind of maybe average it out, like how often do I use the Pomodoro technique? I'd probably use it twice a week, but certainly not five days. But when I, when I do use it, 
And if you can do four days or five days a week out of it, you're going to see your productivity just ridiculously soar. Yeah. Ridiculously soar. Because it really focuses on, you know, it, it focuses on e- effectiveness over efficiency. A lot of people think they're both the same thing, but they're not. And the reason why you're treading water in place and you don't feel like you're getting closer to the shore or getting closer to the yacht is because you're being very efficient. You're getting a lot of things done. You're putting a lot on that to-do list. You feel great. But none of that stuff, or maybe one thing out of all of those things, is the most effective thing that's actually going to move you closer to that yacht or closer to that shore or closer to that dream. So understanding the difference between efficiency and effectiveness, you need both. But that's why I say about two days a week, I get seriously effective. And I do the Pomodoro technique on that. I think the other thing is phone alarms. I've set an alarm in my phone of three words that are important to me, compassion, consistency, and influence. And when I see those, when I see, they come up as one alarm. And when I see that alarm, it comes up twice a day. I stop. I don't care where I am. I really, every now and then I'll just, I, I, I really will be upset myself because I'm like, damn, I'm in the middle of this meeting. I can't really just stop. Like, like if it happened right now, maybe I would just be like, hey man, I need 30 seconds. <laughs> <And> maybe <laughs> you play some Jeopardy music. Um, but in certain situations, for the most part, you want to, focus in on the fact that your alarm just went off and reminded you about these three things. I chose those three words for different reasons, but the point I'm making is consistency was one of the things that was tough for me. And I don't want to make it sound like, oh, this guy's got it all figured out. He's super consistent. He wakes up at 4 a.m. and attacks the world. No, I, I like to wake up at six. I'm sorry. I just do. So that's, and, and, and trust me, I know the advantages of waking up an hour earlier. And I tell people, if you can do it, do it. And on the days when I can, I try to, but I also like making sure that I get seven to eight hours of good sleep, not that four hour stuff. It's not going to put you at your highest potential and your highest capability. It's like driving with having a few drinks and you're going to make some bad decisions. So I would say, you know, having those phone alarms set on the things that are weaknesses of mine that I want or things that I just want to make stronger, reminding me daily that I need to work on these things and being present when those alarms hit using the Pomodoro technique to really be more effective with my time, not just efficient. And then, you know, leveraging things like habit stacking. And then of course, exercise. That to me has been the biggest new me. I'm not the guy that's going to come on here and be like, man, I've been working out in the gym and training for, this has been the hardest (laughs) thing for me to stay consistent with. My wife will tell you, I've been like a damn yo-yo with working out. And something happened this year where it just clicked. I made health a priority. And then once I did that, once I gave it a necessity, once I gave it a purpose, and what I mean by necessity was, dude, you need to be around. You have a son. You have a wife. You have have a great life that you can even make even greater for not just you, but for other people. If you do what you want to do and build these platforms you want to build, you're going to make people get into their happiness so much faster and so much better and that's just going to make the world good and you're going to be so happy but you can't do that just because your mind says you can run so i had to get serious about my health and then i found out oh i got ibs oh i got i can't eat things with gluten without having my stomach become three times bigger i can't uh, have dairy now because it's just going to be a big problem (laughs) in like 40 (laughs) minutes (laughs) like all of these i have acid reflux So I'm now doing like colonoscopies and endoscopies and the doctors are telling me all these things. And I'm like, and it wasn't like it all came and I was like, oh my God, I got to get my health. Like it wasn't that big shift that other people can point to. 
this was, I've known this for like a couple of years. And it was like, when are you going to take this damn thing serious? And I got to tell you, once I started doing habit stacking, waking up, getting up a little bit earlier than what my six o'clock was, trying to get up a little, you know, at six, you know, my six o'clock, man, I get up at six thirty, six seven, seven o'clock. You know, now it's like, <laughs> no, get up at six. And that's an hour earlier for me if I can actually do that. Do my meditation, do some prayer, go to the gym. And now I got to tell you, it's been amazing, Matt. And I know you work out regularly on the consistent, but for me, man, not being consistent with this, this one habit that was like plaguing me and for me to now figure that out and to see what it does for me and, and how I think better and how I move faster and how I feel much better, even though I have a clean diet already, put good fitness on top of a clean diet, I'm like the bionic man, man. It's like, it's unstoppable. Yeah. For sure. That, that, that makes me think of the quote, nothing will change for the better until you do. Because obviously when you changed, you know, you, you were more optimized, you were more efficient, you know, your body was in tune and stuff. So that's great, great to hear that, man. Yeah, that's a great quote that you just dropped right there. That's, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a quotable right there. But it's true. You know, a lot of people need to get to a pain point in order to have a, ma- a major transition point. And if that's you, you'll know it or you've been through it. But as much as you can, get in front of it. Like, I don't want to have a heart attack to then be like, oh, I need to consider my, I need to consider my health. Yeah, exactly. You know? so, I, so I was like, no, I need to avoid a heart attack so I can be around. <laughs> For sure. So uh, on that topic, you know, if someone, uh, you know, if someone is almost at that stage, they'll typically get advice from a doctor that they might not like to hear, right? So one thing that I've been asking people that hop on the show is what advice have you hated or didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true. What advice did I hate that proved to be true? Advice that you hated or, you know, maybe you didn't want to hear it. You know, I'll give you an example of something that, you know, back in the day, my parents always told me, you got to study, you got to do your homework. Right. And, you know, I kind of pushed that off because I went to private school my entire life. So as long as you're paying Mm -hmm. tuition, they're kind of pushing you along. But then when I got to high school and I experienced my first, uh, freshman year of summer school. And I was like, holy shit, maybe I should have listened to them, you know? So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, when I was told not to ride my bike in the rain and I did it anyway and ended up with 10 stitches under my chin, uh, that comes up <laughs> 10 years <laughs> old with 10 stitches. Um, but um, on a, a more mature level, I would say when someone told me you're not ready yet. You need to be more groomed, more nested is the word that they used. In, our, in the media business and in the TV business specifically, nested means getting you onto other shows that are already big and starting to get you noticed and recognized on those big shows. And I had felt like I had already been doing that because I was on the Today Show playing at the highest level that somebody in my um, field could play at. I'm talking about the content and the type of stuff, the expertise that I was talking about. It, it just wasn't many people doing it. Uh, technology and inspiration just wasn't happening. And I think hearing someone else's advice, when their advice to you, and you feel like, oh, they have the key. If they say yes to me, my life is going to change tomorrow. Like, this is going to be it. Like I'm on my path. And when you hear in that moment that someone says you're not ready yet, but everything in your body says that you are, I think, um, 
not listening is the most important thing for you to do. I don't know if that completely answers the question. I think, I think your question is more based around if I was ever given advice that ended up being true. Is that what you? Regardless, I, what, I, what I appreciate most is the fact that you were vulnerable about that answer. You've been vulnerable this whole show and I, I definitely appreciate that. That definitely, it, it answered it. It definitely answered it. It answered it okay. in your way, which is, which is the best part. Um, but I want to respect your time. Uh, we've been going for a little bit longer than I expected, but that's always good because whenever I link with you, we, we could talk all day. You know, we could no, it's true. We could talk all day. So you have time for one more question? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. Let's do this one more question. So I actually asked Dave Meltzer this question and he, he oh, laughed. I love Dave. Yeah, he, he laughed when I asked this, but if you could just be that raw, uncensored jerk, what advice would you give someone that wants to achieve success? And the reason I ask this is because some people learn different than others, right? Like you're, you're, you just drop so much insight and knowledge and value, but at the end of the day, someone might need that tough love, you know? And mm. I, from experience, I know when I was younger, I needed that tough love. I needed someone to drill it down to me because my parents yeah. sugarcoating it, you know, the, oh, you know, patting me on the back. Like I never received the seventh place trophy, you know, but at the same time, like I needed it a little bit tougher than what I was getting it. So that's exactly why I asked this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, that's a great um, example that you just posted right there and just men- made mention of because so many people can relate to that. Um, you know, if I had to be real with someone right now, I would say, you know, number one, stop talking so much shit about your idea and about your plan. Like, if you, if you aren't proving your potential, you need to shut up. Like, prove the potential. Build the portfolio, do the actual work, prove to people and to yourself. You're not proving to them for validation. You're proving it so that you can get the respect, so that you can actually get the kind of opportunities that you want and that you can create those opportunities based off of what you've proven. So I would say, get out of your own damn head. So many people have too much ego. So many of you, you just, you just think that you're it and you got to make it bigger than you. And I think that's the biggest problem is when people don't understand that you can go fast alone, but you can go much farther together. Sure, I can get one Emmy and I could probably do that on my own, but I can get a bunch of Emmys, but forget the Emmys. I can get my team Emmys. When they get Emmys, what does that do? How does that impact the people that we're trying to impact? How does that bring them back to the next year when we got to do this thing all over again and try to have more impact to get reach more people? Like, it's got to be the vision, the plan, the idea. Sure, I know you want to get paid. I know you want to have your nice whip or you want to be comfortable. You want to be able to pay for things or you know, um, take care of your family in dire situations. All of us want that. That's the thing. Like For the most part, every, maybe, maybe somebody doesn't necessarily need a Maserati or want a Maserati, but everybody definitely wants a level of security so that if something happens to them or their family, they can take care of it. So yep. that means if you want to have some money in the bank to be able to do that, then you have to get outside of yourself. You are holding yourself back. And I think ego is the biggest thing. So I would say suck it up and start to really understand what it is to have an ego and then get honest with that. What is your ego? What are your triggers? What gets under your skin? What makes that very negative emotion come out in you? And then I would say, prove your damn potential. Stop talking about what it is you're going to do. Start showing me what it is you're going to do. Because guess what? Some 12-year-old is kicking your ass right now. 
<laughs> I love that, man. That's great. That's great, great, great advice, man. Again, Mario, I want to thank you for being on the show, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you do in terms of, you know, you mentor me without even knowing you mentor me. And I appreciate that, man. Where can people find you on social? Because that's how I get mentored by you. You know, when you mm. post a video or when you're writing copy in a post and I'm just like, man, this guy, this guy's, you know, speaking the truth right here. You know, where can people find you? Yeah, I appreciate that, Matt, too, man, because, you know, it's hard to be, not everybody can be as vulnerable as say you or I or other people that are, you know, I, I, at one point I was willing, I put my bank statement up online to show people like this was the screenshot that I actually took of how broke we were. And I'm glad I had the force, foresight at the time to do that because now it served as a way of looking back and remembering how low we were and how far we've become, but that we also made it through one of the roughest patches that we've ever had. And I just love that authenticity. I love the fact that we can control the message that we want to put out there. And that's why I try to balance it with my wins and my losses as much as possible. Um, I would say Instagram for sure, at Mario Armstrong, doing a lot there, trying to do more there. Um, And then I would say the Never Settle show, we're going to be kicking off the new season, God willing, in April. Uh, end of April 2019. So that's going to be really, really great. And then I would say right now, the thing that everyone can jump on and make time for, talk about new habits, man, is absorb our daily new podcast. It's called Wake Up and Level Up. It's four minutes, no more than five, every single day. It's meant for you to kickstart your morning with a tip, advice, a formula, a strategy, a story that gives you a different tactic so that you can go out and take charge of your day. It's called Wake Up and Level Up. Definitely go and get that podcast, subscribe to it, listen, share it if you're feeling it, rate it and review it. That's the biggest thing we would really want to build that podcast community because I'm also working on um, some free things that we're giving away, like how to really set goals at the Mario way because everybody sets goals differently. And so like, as you said earlier in this whole thing, like find what works for you. It's not that it doesn't work. We already know all the Dale Carnegie's and, and, and everyone else has already been out there, uh, the Stephen Covey's but find what works for you and from what source seems to work best for you and then implement it. For sure. Awesome, Mario. Again, thank you, brother. I appreciate you hopping on this. Um, Looking forward to our next conversation. And again, thank you. Matt, it's always a pleasure, man. And I really do appreciate being on with you and love the idea of what you're doing with this podcast. And, and right off the bat, you know, you're proving your potential, right? Like you do it every day on your Instagram feed, which is great. Uh, it's like this whole thing reminds me of that quote about give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. That's what I feel like your content is doing. So thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Mario. Take care, buddy. And there you have it, another episode of the Decoding Success Podcast. And before going any further, I want to mention or share my gratitude for Mario because he's added value to my life since day one. He always radiates positive vibes, and for that, I'm truly grateful. Being able to amplify his message and spread the good word some more with all of you today is meaningful because it helps me do two things at once. Help impact lives and give him the recognition he damn well deserves. And he already gets that without me. But regardless, I get to do it some more. So make sure you're following him on social media at Mario Armstrong. That's M-A-R-I-O-A-R-M-S-T-R-O-N-G. And make sure you check out his daily podcast called Wake Up and Level Up. As mentioned earlier, that's part of my morning routine. And I got to say, it really helps me get in the right mindset for the day. I'll be back on Tuesday with some more fire for you. And I have a really big surprise for all of you who like things for free. (laughs) So until then, keep leaving your legacy. Peace.